As most of you are aware, we have been in the book of Daniel the past five weeks and going to continue through the book of Daniel today, going to be in chapter 6 today. And I entitled this, this series, Daniel Standing for Truth, and we saw Daniel do that, he and his friends do that in chapter 1 when they refused to partake of the king's meat and the king's wine and the things that were not kosher. We saw them do that in chapter 1 and then Daniel interpreting dreams in chapter 2 for Nebuchadnezzar and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing for truth again in chapter 3 as they resisted worshiping the idol Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And uh, chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar punished by God and humbled before God as he lost his mind, driven out of the palace into the field until he repented. Last week we looked at Belshazzar, a successor to Nebuchadnezzar, who took the cups of the temple that were used in the worship of God, took those for his party, and worship to his God, and God sent judgment upon him. The handwriting on the wall, many, many, tekel and farsen, and put that on the wall and said, this day you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And that night the Bible said he was killed and his kingdom was taken away by the Medes and the Persians. Which brings us to chapter 6 today. A familiar story if you grew up in church, if you grew up hearing Bible stories, it is one of those Bible stories that most people like to teach about because of its significance. And if you're a boy and you're in Sunday school, man, we got lions. No tigers and bears, but we have lions in the story. And, but it's about a story of God's deliverance. But I, I want to focus today on the prayer aspect of this story. And I'm going to read four verses and then we will jump into it. Daniel chapter 6, verse 20 through 23. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he had trusted in his God. So as I mentioned, I'm going to focus today on prayer and entitle this message, Power of Prayer power for God bless you you may be seated today and I, I do this is the third week I'm going to try this mic again and seems to be getting better uh, since I've been up here but we'll see if it continues otherwise I'll change mics uh, but just so you know we are not um, ignoring it we're working on a solution so that I can preach and talk with my hands because I like to talk with my hands free Anybody else talk with their hands? A few of you? Okay. All right. It's just so much better when you can do all kind of stuff like this. And 
It means nothing, but I'm just waving my hands around, you know. So I, I was thinking about how to open this message on prayer today. Obviously, I, I'm going to talk about prayer, and I, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list of prayer and an exhaustive uh, discourse on what prayer means and how you're supposed to pray and all of that. But I'm going to look just at prayer as it's found in Daniel chapter 6. And so as I was thinking about though the, the way to open this, I, I thought about cell phones. How many of you have a cell phone? Everybody I'm sure in the room has a cell phone uh, of various kinds. And depending on which carrier you have, you may have more or less issues with drop cell signals. I've had just about every major carrier out there and some of them much worse than others and you ever been on the phone and you're just talking away and then you realize there's nothing coming back on the other end, there's no affirmation, there's no noise, you realize the call has dropped and you're just talking to yourself. Anybody been there? Is, is that annoy anybody but me? You get these dropped calls and or, or you're having a conversation, I've been in settings and There'll be a group of people there having a conversation, and the person I'm really wanting to tell the story to, I might start the story, and then they start talking to somebody else because they don't realize I'm talking to them, and I'm just really talking to myself. And then you turn to somebody else and act like you were talking to them, so it's not so embarrassing. Anybody ever done that? And I use these two analogies because I think for many people, when they pray, they think it's like, talking on a cell phone that has dropped signal and there's nobody listening on the other end. Or you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're not paying attention that because God is not every, every three or four seconds as you're talking, you don't get this audible response where God is going, yeah I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That you're not getting this feedback that you sometimes have the, the feeling that prayer is important or that nothing is really happening there's there's nothing going on you're just talking but i would tell you that prayer is not just you talking but it is god listening to what you're having to say the cell phone has not dropped its signal but god is tuned in to what you have to say and when you're talking to him he is listening and i would even tell you that God is not only listening, but if you will listen in between the comments that you make at some point in that conversation called prayer, God will speak back to you. It may not be that audible voice, and he might not just go, Mark, well, I've been hoping you would bring this up because I was wanting to talk to you about it. That he's not necessarily going to give you an audible voice, but he will drop thoughts and impressions in your mind and in your spirit that is God talking back to you. That when you're asking God, what should I do in this situation? He will give you an answer. And I, I thought of another analogy. As when this idea that, that people, for some it seems like it's a drop call or it's a one-sided conversation. I thought about this, that there are people in our world that pay a lot of money to have a one-sided conversation. It's called therapy and counseling. They'll pay a lot of money for somebody just to sit there and listen to them. God is doing more than listening, and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything but your time. It doesn't cost you anything but this relationship with Jesus Christ that we can talk to Him in 
prayer and God will respond and God will answer and God is paying attention. So as I I mentioned, kind of the lead up to Daniel chapter 6, I want to get ready to get into that, but but let me give you one more little, a few more contextual type understanding. Daniel, the book of Daniel is kind of written in two different parts. The first six chapters are part number one, which is a chronological sequence of events that happens in Daniel's ministry, where he's interacting with people and people are interacting with him starting from that first or second or third year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar as the first year that Daniel is in Babylon, leading all the way to Daniel chapter 6 where he is in his 80s and he gets thrown into a den of lions. That's where we are. And then chapter 7, which we'll look at next, is going to shift into a new chronological path. This time, not looking at Daniel's interaction, but looking at visions that God gave Daniel. And it kind of goes in chronological sequence, in the sequence of events that God gave him. And so really, in a time sense, they're overlapped, 1 through 6, and then 7 through 12 overlap over that. But the book is written in two separate chronological sequences. As we saw in Daniel chapter 5, Darius is is the king of the Medes, and he comes in, and he and uh, the Medes and the Persians conquer Babylon, and now he is sitting on the throne, and he has set up 120 rulers over the kingdom. And over those 120 rulers, he has placed three administrators, each of them presumably having 40 people that uh, are reporting to them, so that Darius doesn't have to have 120 direct reports. He has three direct reports. And he lets them tell him what's going on. And once again, as you've seen throughout the book of Daniel, those who are not Jews, those who are part of the Babylonians, are now those who are part of the Medes and the Persians, and they're, they're ethnically different than Daniel. They decide they don't like Daniel, this outsider being placed in a position of leadership. So what they decide is they need a way to get Daniel and to get him in trouble. Now keep in mind, he's in his late 70s, early 80s. I don't know how long they expected him to live, but they, they were trying to get rid of him early. So they devised a plan. And that plan was that for 30 days, you could not worship any other God. That you couldn't pray to God, you couldn't make solicitation to another God. And so they go to the king They go to Darius and they say, this is what we want to do. We think this is going to be awesome. Darius goes along with, yeah, that'll be great. But the Bible has told us that they couldn't find any fault in Daniel, so they decided that they were going to use his God to do this. So I'm going to give you an overview of the story and we'll come back. The Bible says that Daniel always prayed to his God. and He knows that now this is passed and it's put into law. He's one of the top three administrators in the kingdom. He knows the law and he said, The Bible says now when this has become concrete and finalized, Daniel recognizes its law, and so he goes to his window where he prays. Just like he's done morning, noon, and night, and he prays to his God to the open window that's facing toward Jerusalem. And of course, they already knew that Daniel prayed. That's why they came up with this particular plan. And so Daniel is praying, and they say he has violated the law. So they go to Darius the king, and they tell him, 
O king, this is what you have said, and you can't rescind this. And Daniel is praying to his God. He is praying to the God of the Jews, and so you have to punish him and throw him in the lion's den, just like the law says. So Darius, not really wanting to do this, but he throws him in the lion's den, and he stays up all night fasting and praying, hoping that God would deliver, the God of Daniel would deliver him from the lion's den. And of course, you read, we read the text earlier where God delivered him from the mouth of the lions. It's a great story of God's miraculous deliverance, of God's power, of God's keeping His prophet safe. But I want to focus on prayer and the power of prayer and the role that prayer plays in this story. That it's not just a Sunday school story. And it's not just a a story to get us excited it's not just a story that we can make some narrow application and say, if you ever get thrown into a den of lions, God will protect you. Because the chance of that happening in North America in 2021 is about zero. But this story is not about the lions. It's not even about the den of lions. It's not about even necessarily completely about God's deliverance, but that is a part of it. But I would tell you that this story is really about the power of prayer. So the first thing I want to bring to your attention is this, is that prayer changes us. When we go to prayer, most of the time, we're not asking God to change us, unless we recognize our sinfulness, and we're repenting. If we have a problem at work, if we have a problem in a relationship, if we have a problem, whatever our problem might be that's external, what we do is we pray for God to fix the other person. Anybody ever been there? Lord, if if you would just fix them, everything would be okay. And there are times where God does fix them. There are times when they really are the problem. But there are times when God uses those who are the problem to cause us to go to Him in prayer so that He can change us. And I would say the most important aspect of prayer is not whether God is working in somebody else's life, but when we pray, God changes us. God changes our character, and He changes our thoughts, and He changes our motives. He changes our passions. He changes what we care about. And the Bible said when they look at Daniel trying to, to get him on something, they can find no when it comes to the government and no fault when it comes to administration he is doing everything he is supposed to do he is doing it well and it says he had distinguished himself and he had an extraordinary this man who prayed three times a day who no doubt, he's, he's on his knees, and I'm just going to get onto one so it's easier to get up. Then no doubt he gets on his knees and he's looking out the window toward Jerusalem and he's praying and he's asking God to restore him back to Jerusalem. Oh, I'm sure he's doing that and, and I'm sure he's asking God to deliver his people. But in that process of praying and asking God to do something over there, to do something out there, God is doing something in here. And he is a man of extraordinary spirit. And there is no flaw in him and they can't find anything that they can use against him. 
the most important thing that we can get is this, that prayer changes us. That when we spend time in prayer, God is at work in us. He is changing us every time we get on our knees or every time we call on Him. It is about Him becoming formed in us and Him changing us. As you and I grow in relationship with God, His heart becomes our heart. The Bible talks about that God will give you the desires of your heart. He only does that when your heart is aligned with His heart. That when, when I want what God wants, that when my will becomes His will, not that He's changing His will to become mine, but I'm changing mine to become His. That happens in prayer, when God is changing us and transforming us, that His heart becomes our heart, His will becomes our will, His character becomes our character, and His mission becomes our mission. That you and I are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And if you're a follower of God, it will happen. But I don't want it to just all be 100% when I get to heaven that He just changes me. But I want to be becoming more and more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Anybody else want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? That your, your desires and your heart to line up with His. It is a true saying that we become like the people we hang around. Do we hang around people that are negative? It's a guarantee you're going to become negative. Do you hang around people who are immoral? It's almost a guarantee that you will pick up on their immorality and you will become like them. So what I would tell you is this, when you hang around with the people of God, that's great. And we should, and He wants us to. But when we hang out with God in prayer, we will become like the one whom we hang out with. you close your eyes just for a moment father i pray right now that the power of your spirit would speak to us god that you would draw us to you but i pray that you would give us a desire to be conformed to your image a desire to spend time with you in prayer a desire to be everything that you have called us to be and that you want us to be. Not our version of that, but the version of us that you want us to be. Lord, I pray that you would do that in us today. We feel a special touch of your presence here today. Lord, work in us. Help us to spend the time in prayer that would cause us to be found with no corruption, that, that we would have an extraordinary spirit. Because Christ has been formed in us. Let us do for ourselves and for others what Paul did as he said, I travail in birth until Christ be formed in you. We become passionate to be what you want us to be. 
second thing that I would bring to your attention is this, is that prayer changes our priorities. When Daniel hears of the law, he hears that it's passed. And they're saying you can't pray to your God. His priority was not self-preservation. His priority was not staying out of trouble. His priority was not, well, it's only 30 days. His priority was not, I I don't want to get thrown in the den of lions, so I'm just not going to pray. Only 30 days, only 90 times of prayer that I'll have to skip. His priority was not even going in secret and hiding what he was doing. And I would tell you that that last point that I made is is not always the wisest. But for Daniel's purpose, and the fact that Daniel is the target of this law, nobody but Daniel. Passing a law just for Daniel. Just to get Daniel. That Daniel says, I'm not going to let them win and change what I've been doing. That I'm going to continue to doing what God has called me to do and what I've been doing. And so he goes to his window to pray. He could have went somewhere else in his house. But they already knew that he went there. So unless they think that they win, he goes to the window that's facing Jerusalem. And he prays his three times a day. Knowing that they will find out, knowing that they are looking for him. But his priority was in spending time with God. And with being the man that God had called him to be. To being salt and light, as it were, in the city of Babylon. I get Jesus tells us in the Sermon of, on the Mount that, that we're not to pray to be seen of men. So Daniel's not praying his three times a day for however many years or decades he's been doing this to be seen of men. He's been doing it to be seen of God. And so he shows up again in his regularly scheduled time of prayer, in his regularly scheduled place, because his priority is spending time with God. His priority is praying. His priority is not hiding. It's not to keep himself safe, but to do what he has always done. And and I would tell you that the more that you and I pray, the more we should want to pray. That prayer should not be a drudgery, oh man, I've got to pray again today. But it should be an exciting encounter with the creator of the universe, that we get to spend time talking to God. And, and I, I would be the first to admit there are plenty of times when I pray. I will be say that. I'll be, be this, tell you this first. There are plenty of times that I don't pray like I should. So I'm not standing here as the example or the epitome of prayer that emulate me. I'm not suggesting that. But there are plenty of times when I pray and it seems like that Nothing is happening. That's so much less fun than when I have an encounter with God. 
And I feel His revealed or His manifest presence and power in prayer. So much better. But at the end of the day, it's about the Creator of the universe is allowing me to have a conversation with Him. And I should look forward to that if my priorities are what they need to be. Let me hurry. Thirdly, prayer changes our circumstance or our circumstances. Daniel thrown in the den of lions. He's got to spend overnight in the den of lions. The Bible does not tell us that Daniel prayed in the den of lions. All it tells us is that God sent an angel to shut up the mouths of the lions. But what I would tell you is this, Daniel, who's been praying three times a day for decades, that his prayer in the past changed his circumstances in the present. He didn't have to wait until something bad happens and go, oh, I better pray now. But the prayer life that he had got him through his present distress. Prayer will change our circumstances. Acts 12, I believe it is, tells us about Peter in prison. He's thrown in prison. The Bible says that the church prayed and made prayer. They're doing a 24-hour prayer chain for Peter to be delivered from prison. He's delivered out of prison because the prayer is made and he shows up at their house. And That whole story is kind of crazy. That they were praying for his deliverance. They just didn't really believe God would do it because they said, oh, I can't be Peter at the gate. But I would tell you that prayer changes our circumstances and prayer got Peter out of prison. Paul and Silas prayed in Acts chapter 16 and sang praises and God delivered them from the prison. Elijah on Mount Carmel confronting the prophets of Baal Praise a simple 39-word prayer as recorded in the King James. And God brought down fire from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, and killed the prophets of Baal. But that wasn't the first time that he had prayed. Prayer will change our circumstances, but it is A fact that God is wanting us to pray all the time, not just when we need something. Or not just in the moment of our trial and our tribulation. The prayer that Daniel had been praying for years and for decades allowed him to trust in God before the den and in the den. Prayer changes our circumstances. And lastly, I would tell you this, that prayer changes our future. The king then gave orders and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel. And they cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of, of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. It's pretty gruesome. 
the men who wanted to see Daniel eaten by the lions, they, they themselves and their families pitched into the den of lions and consumed before they even got to the bottom. Not because the lions weren't hungry that they didn't eat Daniel. Because God had intervened. Verse 25 says, Then Darius the king wrote to all the people, nations, men of every language who were living in all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will be forever. Have you heard that before? It's what Nebuchadnezzar said when God finally released him. He said his kingdom will be forever. His dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Prayer changes our future. Daniel constantly having people try to remove him from power. And here in his early 80s or so, again he has given great success God changes our temporal future when we pray and what I mean by that is temporal as being that which you can see around us and that which we experience that when we are people of prayer that God will provide for us that God will be at work in us That when we have a problem, we go to God in prayer and God will work on our behalf and take care of our problem. We need a job, we pray and we look and God provides. And when we need a better job, we pray and we look and God provides. And when we need some deliverance from whatever it is or we need help with something else, we pray and God works and He changes our temporal future. That our momentary things, He then works for our good in the future but more importantly than our temporal future, I would tell you is this, is that God changes our eternal future. Nobody goes to heaven apart from prayer. I'm not suggesting you have to pray an hour a day or three times a day. I'm not suggesting any of that. But I am suggesting this. You do not get into His kingdom apart from prayer. And you will not stay in His kingdom apart from prayer. Because it's all about relationship with Him. And when we spend time with the King in prayer, it assures us of His communication back to us. Then the Holy Spirit he has given, which He has given us will, that will lead us and guide us into all truth. It doesn't do that if we ignore God. The Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth when we spend time with God. It will help us to know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Tweak our understanding of God and His Word. And when we pray... That God will interact with us 
He will talk with us. He will tell us things. You need to change this in your life. You need to add this. You need to remove that. If we don't have a relationship with Him, you can have no assurance of an eternity with Him. But when we have a relationship with God in prayer, our eternity is assured. Because it's not just that one-way conversation, but it is our dialogue, our monologue, but it is a conversation with God. Where we talk to Him and He talks to us. And He changes and transforms us and conforms us to His image. Uh, and I will tell you, if I was being cast into a den of lions, I would want him to deliver me. But more important than deliverance from some temporary tragedy. I want to make sure that I have an eternal destination called heaven. I will spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Paul would write this way, this momentary affliction. Or he said it this way, this light affliction, it's but for a moment, cannot be compared to the far more exceeding weight of glory. can't be compared to what we're going to experience when we spend eternity with Jesus Christ. But we don't get an eternity with Jesus Christ without a present relationship with Him. power of prayer is primarily this is that it enables us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ now so we can have a relationship with him forever Father I pray today the power of your presence that I feel, Lord, I pray that everyone in this room would feel. Not so that they would have just an encounter or an experience or, and check that off of their box, Lord, but I pray that we would all have an encounter and an experience with You that will draw us deeper into relationship with You. That will cause us to want to know You in the power of Your resurrection and the fellowship of Your suffering. As Paul would say in Philippians 3, Lord, I pray that You would help us to be drawn into a relationship with You that is consistent, that is abiding, that is exciting 
weeks, we have opportunity daily to spend time in prayer. Lord, draw us to you. Change us. Shape us into the people that you want us to be. People who are passionately devoted to you. in us, I pray. two years we've been a church. I don't think I've ever asked you to do this, but if you're able, I'd like you just to turn around and kneel where you are. I know it's a concrete floor, and if you're not able physically, or but I would like you just to, at your seat, would you make it an altar, a place to talk to the Lord today? Whether sitting or kneeling, however you can do it. But would you just talk to Jesus right now? Would you let Him work on you? Let Him draw you to Him. Father, we need You today. Let the power of Your Spirit work in us. 